This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday podcast. It is Wednesday, folks. It is hump day. Happy hump day, and we are halfway through this week. I hope you're off to a great start of your week. We're at the midway point, and I hope you are looking forward to the weekend. But I hope that for the next 30 minutes you settle in, because we have a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the NFL Combine. We have some news to talk about with Stefan, too. We have the mailbag, as always, in the second half of this show. So make sure you sit back, relax, whatever you do, wherever you listen. You're not going to want to miss this. Before we get into anything else, I want to make sure you know, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure it's your first or one of the spots that you always get your Steelers news. It's updated multiple times a day, even in the offseason. Great film rooms. Give an example. Kevin Smith had him on the show last Monday. He had talked. He's great on the show, by the way. My first Monday morning conversation. Uh, he did a great job today. He put out an article about Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach. Great film. You want to learn more about the the trenches? Watch that film room. It's live on Behind the Steel Curtain right now. You won't. You can't miss it. It's right there on the front page. And then wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. It doesn't matter where, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, uh, Spotify, do you name it, we are there. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Those two search terms will get you our content, not just my show, not just the live mic on Tuesday, not just Dave Schofield's Stat Geek on Thursday. This is everything. Our noon lineup, our PM shows, make sure you check us out. And if you have the opportunity, Spotify users, 
Apple Podcast users in particular. Give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. It helps bump us up in those algorithms and gets our material out in front of more fans, which is what we want to do. We want to. We want everyone to be a part of the Ride or Die crew, who, by the way, did not disappoint with the questions today. Some really good questions. So we'll get to that in the second half. Make sure you don't go anywhere. Let's start this show off. Before we talk about the Combine, which everyone, the NFL world, has descended upon Indianapolis, Indiana, the Lucas Oil Field, the NFL Scouting Combine is back. And I say it's back because in case you lived under a rock the last two years, or maybe you just woke up from a coma, in which case, welcome back. Uh, the, there was no Combine since 2020 when the event was already almost underway. We were almost about at the same period of the Combine when the COVID-19 nonsense started. And, well, everything got shut down. Everything got shut down, and so we haven't had this event. Didn't have it in 2021. Those were just individual pro days. It's great to see the GM speaking. Kevin Colbert spoke. We're going to talk about that in a second, but this is more than just that, by the way. These general managers, these front office personnel, scouting departments, which, by the way, Brandon Hunt has been following Kevin Colbert around. It's not abnormal, according to the beat reporters there, but he has been very visible next to the guy in charge. Just saying, in case you're wondering who might be that next general manager, that might be a little bit of a, it might be a little bit insight into who that might be. But still, these, these, this is the first time maybe in almost two years that these, General managers, scouting departments have been in the same facility face-to-face unless they played each other during the regular season and made a point to talk to one another. Just when you talk about wheeling and dealing, yeah, phone calls are great, but when you're in person, that makes a difference. It does make a difference, and I'm sure they're talking, and I'm sure they're not saying too much. They're not divulging any information that they shouldn't or anything of that regard, but Keep that in mind, folks. They are back, and it's good to have them back, even though the Underwear Olympics, or the NFL Scouting Combine, as I like to call it, can be a little overblown. But before we get to what you can take away and what you should ignore about the Combine, which is coming up, what athletes will start testing, I believe, if not Wednesday night, Thursday for sure, uh, this week, that's when they'll actually start to test. Right now, it's just the GM interviews, coaches interviews, players will hit the podium soon. And so, Kevin Colbert, did, he, he spoke. He's the only member of the Steelers that speaks. Mike Tomlin is, I think, the only head coach that doesn't have to speak. I don't know how he orchestrated that deal. I think Bill Belichick was the only other one that doesn't speak at the Combine. And so, still, Mike Tomlin doesn't speak. And so you have a situation where it's just Colbert. So everyone's clinging to everything that Colbert says. When he was at the podium speaking to the media, he didn't really say much. Uh, I was ready for it at 1 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday. And when I've seen the tweets coming out, I was just like, boy, he's not really giving anything up. And I, I don't blame him. I really don't. But after that, he kind of went to some, we'll call it Radio Row, and he was with Steelers Nation Radio, and he was speaking with Dale Lawley, and I don't know if it was Matt Williamson or someone else, maybe Jerry Dulac, and this is where Colbert finally gave the fan base something, and it was that he had spoken with Stephon Tewitt, Stephon Tewitt had shown an interest in returning to the Steelers, and is quote-unquote excited about playing in 2022. Well, this was a huge change in what we have just heard I mean we heard all offseason it's we don't know we don't know we're not sure we hope we hope we that's it now all of a sudden it was it was actually something of substance 
It was actually something that was, you know, good. All right, yes, finally, we're hearing something that's at least positive. And that makes me feel great. If you listen to my Monday podcast, with which if you didn't listen to it, and I had Christopher Carter of Locked On Steelers and DK Pittsburgh Sports on in the second half for my Monday morning conversation, you need to go back and listen to it. But in the first half of that show, I gave my team needs, and I had left defensive tackle slash defensive end off the list because I had a good feeling about it returning. This makes me feel even better now. So that's a good thing. That's just some news to get out of the way. We'll be talking about what Colbert said throughout the week on all of our podcasts, so make sure you check those out. But I want to talk about specifically the Combine. The, fo- the NFL, the National Football League, is a cash cow. It is by far and away the most popular sport in the United States of America, and they know what they're doing. They know how to put on an event. They have turned something like the NFL draft into something that happened in one day. It was literally just morning to night, straight through. It felt like 500 rounds, and all you would do is read about in the paper the next day of who your favorite team actually drafted. And they have turned it into a three-day, must-watch TV event, drawn out to no end. That's what they do. They know how to make what used to be a simple, mundane exercise be must-watch television. They have even started doing this with the Senior Bowl, with the other All-Star games for these prospects, and the Combine is a big, big event for the National Football League. And so they have all eyes on Indianapolis right now, and it's important to understand what you can take away and what you should definitely ignore when it comes to the Combine. A lot of fans love to watch it, and it is really easy to become mesmerized with some of these players and what they can do when they're running on the turf in their tights. But I want to start with what you should ignore first. That's where I want to start. So what should you ignore about the combine? So you should ignore what I like to call those workout heroes. I'm talking about the guys that when they do everything, you know, the seven drills that they run Throughout the combine, we're talking the 40-yard dash, the 20-yard shuttle, the 60-yard shuttle, the three-cone drill, the broad jump, vertical jump, and the bench press. They look like they're chiseled out of stone. They are great at most of these events. The one thing, though, that you have to keep in mind is that they might just be great at those events. You're not drafting players that are great at working out. You're drafting players that are great at football. So keep that in mind. The workout heroes, a lot of times they don't pan out. Go back in 2017 prior to that draft. You go and watch TJ Watt at the Combine. He tested well, but he looked undersized. He didn't look like he fit the mold of an NFL pass rusher. Whether it was a defensive end or outside linebacker, didn't matter. And what have we seen? We have seen TJ Watt completely evolve into what? Well, now we know the defensive player of the year. So beware of those workout heroes. Next, don't fall for the prospect who has put out some questionable or bad tape, and you're hoping that the combine results will help boost that. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way, and we'll get to that one, what you can take away from the NFL combine. Somehow there's people that say, man, I really like this prospect, Tape's not so good, but maybe he'll test well, and that'll boost his stock. That's backwards thinking. That is backwards thinking when it comes to the scouting combine. You can't go into it with that attitude. 
Next, you, you just can't put too much stock into these results for a lot of reasons. For instance, the, the individual might have might be having a, a bad day, and I'm not talking about emotionally. Maybe they didn't sleep well. Maybe they are cramping up the morning of. Maybe they their nutrition's a little off. The, you, people, and I say people, it's typically these other sites. It's not really the, the scouting department. They put so much stock into one or two events. You have to see how unfair that is for these prospects. That's why you can't rely so much on what they end up doing. And I'll give you a couple examples of, of how you should really be weary of these results. It doesn't mean you can't watch. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. And it doesn't mean it means nothing. But when I was a coach, now I've said this before a million times. If you listen to my podcast, you know this. I've said it a million times that I used to coach as a high school head varsity men's lacrosse coach for over, I think it was over 13 years in the state of Maryland. And so I would always have a really, really difficult and strict off-season conditioning program. But I would put my players through the ringer that weren't playing basketball or running indoor track. And every year there would be one or two players and they would have worked hard and they would have been really busting their butt and they showed up to conditioning and they looked great. Their speed was there. Their endurance was there. They had gotten stronger. And yet the moment March 1st rolls around and we're out on the fields with our helmets on and our pads and we're hitting and we're playing the game, they just kind of fade into the background. Sure, they are strong. Sure, they have the endurance. But they couldn't play the game the way that they wanted to. They couldn't play the game and elevate their game to match their fitness level. Their, that's that workout person that I said beware of. The game doesn't match their overall, the workout hero. That's what I'm talking about. Also, another example, a guy I used to know, used to work out with, he was a trainer just like I was a personal trainer. He was a workout freak, super strong. But if you put any type of implement in his hands and said, I need you to go shoot this hockey puck, go throw this lacrosse ball, go hit this golf ball off a tee, you might as well have been asking him to speak Mandarin without ever studying the language. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. Those are the type of athletes, or should I say workout heroes, you really have to avoid from the combine. And I'll give you an example for the Steelers. Dree Archer lit up the stage in Indianapolis, and did he ever pan out to anything? The answer is no, he did not. So let's go to what you should take away. I just went over what you should avoid and what you should ignore. What you should take away is this is an opportunity for players that have good tape to validate their tape. So if you have someone that's like, man, this guy has really flashed on the field when I watch his tape from all of his college seasons, especially in 2021, really looks good, looks strong, looks powerful. What you do now is you go to the combine, you say, I want to see, does that translate You know, with the numbers that we're seeing? Is he continuing to really show some work ethic, which is another thing that you have to take away from the combine is what's their work ethic like? If there's someone that goes into this and they show that they have put in the time, they have put in the energy, that tells you a lot about that individual wanting to always improve. But also just that going back to that validation, it's it's someone that says, man, look at this guy rush the passer. Look at that bend. Are you seeing that bend as well in the three-cone drill? Look at that get-off. Are you seeing that in the shuttle run? If it's an offensive lineman, you're looking at everything from the bench press numbers, the strength aspect of it. You're looking at the way they move in and out of different types of drills. That's what you're looking for 
but it always starts with a good tape. You have to have that. And lastly, you're, you are looking, especially at the skill positions, for overall athleticism. I go back to TJ Watt probably because I just saw some of the highlights of his workout in 2017 on Twitter the other day. I believe it was the Steelers' official Twitter page that put that out there. And I was watching it, and I noticed that they do these drills where you know they're moving the football all over the field, and the, the players have to read and react. And at the very end, a quarterback would throw the person a pass, and it was typically higher. And you're, you're trying to simulate an interception. And TJ Wall was bringing down everything in his radius. That's athleticism. Now, I know he used to, he actually went to Wisconsin as a tight end, and that might be a little unfair for some of these athletes. But, you know, you have those drills. We've all seen the clips where you have the guy that's running and he's a receiver, but there's a tight end running back or, or a wide receiver himself. Anyone that's going to catch the football and they're doing the drill where they run horizontally across the field, they catch a ball to the left, then they turn and catch the ball to their right, back and forth. You've all seen the film of the guy that doesn't turn around fast enough and gets tattooed in the face with the ball. That's not an athletic move. Now, that shouldn't mean that if you really love the guy, you shouldn't draft him, but that's not a good look. That's not necessarily what we're looking for in terms of this event. And I do want to add one more thing before we take a break. If a player chooses not to do an event, whether it's a quarterback that's looking to, hey, I'm not going to throw here. I'm not going to throw. It should not be held against the athlete, not in any way, shape, or form. They should dictate what they do and what they don't do. They control their stock more than anyone else. So when you kind of wrap this up, this event is more for validation than anything else. That's what it should be about. You should know enough about the prospects to know, okay, this guy, he not only has good tape, he has good measurables, and he has really tested really well. There's no red flags on this guy's resume at all. That's what you're looking for here. Because when you think about this event, How many times in the game of football do you see someone running for 40 yards in a straight line? Yeah, there might be the occasion where Tyreek Hill on an end around outruns the entire defense and is on a straight B line to the end zone. That's not normal. That doesn't happen often. Okay, so that's also, you see these quarterbacks. They'll have these drills. All right, we want you to roll out here. We want you to throw across your body. We want you to roll out here, throw with your body, blah, blah, blah. How often are they going to throw with no pass rush and there's no one defending the receiver? It just doesn't happen. It's not conducive to simulating game-like situations. So keep all this in the back of your mind this week, folks, as you're watching the Underwear Olympics, which is also known as the NFL Scouting Combine. Take it with a grain of salt. We'll put it that way. All right, hey, when we come back, it's mailbag time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All 
Alright, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. You know what day it is. It is Wednesday, it is hump day, it is mailbag day. And the Ride or Die crew, as always, never disappoints. Let's just get this show on the road. Cheeseball 10, here we go. Jeff, do you ever wish to move on to a Chris Carter-like role? Meaning, is BTSE just a building block for you, or are you a mainstay? Hashtag Ride or Die crew. So, Cheeseball, that's a great question. And Cheeseball, that the fact that you asked that question shows me that you might not have been a follower of me or the site for that long, and that's fine. I welcome everyone that's maybe just heard my show and they, they're coming back for the second day or maybe the second month or maybe this is your first season listening. Whenever you came on board, we welcome everyone on the Ride or Die crew. But believe it or not, I did go the Chris Carter role for about two months, two years ago. I left behind the steel curtain. I went on to another uh, venture, which was an accredited website, spent two months there, and I quickly realized that it just wasn't for me, uh, mainly because of the time commitment. Uh, you know, with myself being married with five children, uh, I felt myself being literally tied to my phone, tied to my computer all day, every day. This was over the summer, so it was in the off season. And I'll give you an example. I, my family, we belong to a country club and a pool, and we go there all the time. And I, I found myself at the pool, which is normally one of the, my favorite places to be with my kids constantly checking my phone, checking my phone, doing this, and it literally was sucking the joy out of life. And so BTSC is where I belong, and it's where I should be. It's where I should have always been. I thank Dave Schofield because he took over when I left. He was more than accommodating to get me back. And so I thank Dave. I thank Brian Anthony Davis, all the people at SB Nation. They worked hard to get me back, and they did, and I'm probably never going to leave. They're going to have to tell me to stop or behind the steel curtain is going to have to cease to exist for me to leave. But great question. Thank you for that. Zach Farnsworth says, if you had your choice of a decent name signing at either inside linebacker or cornerback, but not both, which position are you picking and why? This is a really tough question, Zach, and I'm I'm really happy that you didn't say pick a player because I don't know all the free agents that well. And when you talk about uh, franchise tagging, which has begun, I just don't want to give you a name that someone's like, oh, that guy got franchise tagged yesterday. So you went position. Thank you very much. So I can't say both at inside linebacker or cornerback. I am actually going to go with cornerback. And I'm going to tell you why. While I feel that inside linebacker is important, and I'm not saying it isn't, you had said a decent name I would rather them have a cornerback because I feel like the coverage is necessary. And think back to the very beginning of the podcast with the news on Stefan Tewitt. I am still hopeful that if he is back, that is and Tyson Aluwalu, I don't want to leave him out. That is going to significantly help the inside linebackers, whomever that may be. Whether it's we know it's going to be Devin Bush, but maybe it's Buddy Johnson, or maybe it's uh, a Robert Spillane. If those off defensive linemen can keep those linebackers clean, it'll look a lot better than what it did in 2021. When you talk about Akello Witherspoon and or Joe Hayden possibly leaving, I want the cornerback, but that's a great question. Ryan Carter, he asks, is, is Haskins actually that far from the rookie everyone is crazy about, Malik Willis? Haskins seems to be able to do everything Trubisky could do as well. And then in all caps, he says, Coach Haskins up, hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Ryan. Good question. You know, I think the only difference between Willis and Haskins is that Willis is a much better runner and is more athletic. Haskins is not a running quarterback. He might be able to run the RPOs. He might be able to tuck it and run for 10, 15 yards. 
But that's the most you're getting. Malik Willis is a different beast in terms of quarterback play. He's the type of guy that will literally go out there and you can design runs for him and he can break off long runs. Think more Cordell Stewart than someone that's like a Dwayne Haskins that's not able to run as well. I'm not going to disagree with you, though, in terms of the Haskins and Trubisky stuff. This Trubisky hype is coming out of nowhere. I think people often forget what this guy looked like when he was in Chicago. I have no interest in bringing in a Trubisky or it, it to me, it's just going to cost too much money. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to team needs and too much money. I agree. Coach Haskins up, have Haskins and Rudolph be the two guys this year. And then let's see what you can do in 2023. Great question though. Daily joint co company says, Jeff, in your opinion, do you think it makes sense for Colbert to go out in his last draft by drafting a quarterback in a widely considered weak quarterback class? I ask because one, we have a bunch of other needs other than quarterback that are arguably more glaring. And two, how many GMs do you know who are cool with inheriting quarterbacks that someone else drafted? To me, makes more sense to use this year as a reload. He uses in parentheses offensive line, cornerback, inside linebacker, defensive line depth, etc., and making the team better around the quarterback while then having the new GM get, quote-unquote, their guy in a much stronger class next year. Look, at Daily Joint Company, I agree with you 100%. I really do. And it, but it doesn't have anything to do with Colbert. That's the thing. I agree with everything that you said. The only thing that I'm going to say is I don't think it has anything to do with Kevin Colbert and his last draft drafting a quarterback. What people are forgetting is that Kevin Colbert does not have the final say in these picks. He has a say, but he is not the be-all, end-all in this decision-making process. Mike Tomlin, the guy who's not going anywhere, for all you Tomlin haters out there, my apologies, just speaking the truth, he's not going anywhere. So Mike Tomlin has a really large role in the selection of these players. And so does Art Rooney II. Keep that in mind as well. There is a whole process here, and if they think that the quarterback, that they if they get one at 20, that they think is the future, whoever that may be, that's not just Kevin Colbert's decision. But I agree with everything you said about kind of not needing the quarterback this year, roll with who you have, fix the rest of the roster. Think 2003. I'm not saying they're going to be 6-10 and 10 or 6-11 and 11 this year, the Steelers, but at the same time, you could use that year to really make sure the offensive line, the trenches are bolstered. You get some more skill position players. Use that free agent money wisely. That's your best bet. Great question. Southside Doc asks, how, ma- how much should an inexperience be valued at the quarterback position within the NFL and the organization? With the team's goal of being competitive, at what point does talent or natural ability supersede experience? Hashtag Ryder Crew. Great question. So when it comes to the quarterback position at the NFL level, I guess it depends on if you're including the collegiate level. And you take, for example, Mason Rudolph. He started, I believe, 10 games in his entire career. He's going into year five, but he was a long entrenched starter at Oklahoma State. So I do think experience is valuable. It is not a necessity in my opinion, but if you're talking about a young guy coming in, It depends on where they played. For instance, Malik Willis, who has been a large talking point for obvious reasons this offseason, coming from Liberty compared to someone that was coming from, and look, even Desmond Ritter. 
I mean, playing at Cincinnati, I mean, he made it to the Final Four, played against Georgia, played against Alabama. These are big-time schools. That experience is something they can kind of lean on. So I do think it does matter, but I don't think it's a necessity, and I don't think it's the utmost importance when it comes to the quarterback position within the NFL. You know, the team's goal of being competitive, I think the talent and natural ability is equally as important. I think that's more 50-50. Great question. Corey Eckenroth asks, how important do you feel it is to make sure that the Steelers re-sign Terrell Edmonds considering how weak the strong safety class is in the draft and how thin it is as of now in free agency? How important does it become to get a quality free agent or draftee if Edmonds signs somewhere else? Hashtag ride or die crew. You know, that's a tough question. And it's going to be really interesting to see how other teams value Terrell Edmonds. And the reason why I say that is I think back to last year, and we all thought that Juju Smith-Schuster, who was coming off of a down year, was going to be getting some top dollar offers from other teams. And guess what? It never happened. It never came to fruition. And then all of a sudden, Juju Smith-Schuster was like, well, I'll just come back to the Steelers. And it ended up working out for Pittsburgh because he did sign that one-year deal. Uh, whether he comes back this year, that's neither here nor there. So when I think about Edmonds, here's a safety who has been very reliable, very durable, does not have those splash plays that a lot of teams want from their safeties. I think back to when the Steelers signed Mike Mitchell. He was coming off a year, I believe it was with Carolina, where he had five interceptions, never duplicated that with Pittsburgh. Uh, And so when you think about that, I'm not sure what the free agent market is going to be for Edmonds. I think it's important that they try to bring him back, though. And I would put Edmonds up there equally with the two cornerbacks in terms of importance. How important is it is it to bring him back? I think it's very important. I think it's one of those situations where if the Steelers are smart and they know they're going to re-sign Minka Fitzpatrick, can you keep Edmonds and Fitzpatrick together for maybe the next four, three, three or four seasons? That would be a phenomenal win for that defense. Aiden Blaine says, what free agent would you like to see the Steelers sign the most? Hashtag ride or die career. I'm going to go with a cornerback. Get, make a splash. J.C. Jackson of New England. Stephon Gilmore down in Carolina. I think that's where he was last year. He was banged up. If he's healthy, make a splash. Go out and, and get someone that's a, a, a good, not just a big-name player, but a good player. That'll change the entire dynamic of this team heading into 2022. Brian Haynes, he asked a series of questions. Here's his first. Listening to your show yesterday, he's talking about Monday show, kind of upset me. Whoa. Upset you? Well, why? He continues, but maybe it's my fault. Probably is. I'm just joking. (laughs) Nowhere in anyone's talking has there been any mention of Josh Dobbs in next season. Is it a foregone conclusion that he will not be in Pittsburgh? Hashtag ride or die crew. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think they're at the point now where you kind of, the Steelers want to do right by Joshua Dobbs. That's important to remember here. Joshua Dobbs has been a great member of the organization since he's been drafted. And it comes down to the Steelers know that if Joshua Dobbs gets brought back, all he's going to be is just a scout team quarterback He's going to be on the sideline helping the starters. It's really not a feasible option for him to actually get a shot at starting. He had that shot. He didn't win the job. Now, with it, not starting as a backup, I should say. But with that said, if Joshua Dobbs doesn't get any takers in free agency, I would look for the Steelers to do exactly what they did last year. They're going to look around. They'll say, you know what? 
Dobbs is still available, we'll call him up. Hey, Josh, you know, you're not getting any takers out there in free agency. We'd love to have you back if you're willing to be here and see what he does. That's how I see it playing out. I just don't think the Steelers are – Joshua Dobbs seems like a great guy. And they're probably saying, like, if he can find a spot where he can be the backup and have a legitimate shot at playing if there's an injury or if the quarterback doesn't play well, then they probably want the best for him. Let's keep that in mind. Lori, she asked, this year the Rams went all in and won the Super Bowl. Do you think the Steelers will ever try that strategy? In your opinion, when is the last time they even came close to being all in? It's a good question. Uh, I don't think the Steelers will ever use that strategy because it's so – short-sighted you know the Rams GM wore that shirt at the Super Bowl parade that said I think it was F all those picks and it wasn't the letter F you know what I mean and they had traded away so much draft stock whether it was to acquire Von Miller or whether it was to acquire so many other players Sony Michelle even they gave up picks to New England for for him um you could talk about Jalen Ramsey they they sold the farm to win a title and they did and no one can ever take that away from them. But most organizations would say, we want sustained success. Because when you look and think about Matthew Stafford, I can't believe I forgot that, that trade with Detroit. So when you think about when Matthew Stafford is done, when he's done, when Aaron Donald's done, Von Miller's going to be done before they're done, when they're all done and that team is left in tatters because what do they have left? They weren't able to restock the shelves. The team's going to stink for a while. The Steelers are a type of team that says, we're going to build this in the inside out, and we're going to build a winner, not just for one year, but for years. I don't see them ever going all in like that. They have shown a willingness to make a big trade, and it shocked a lot of people when they brought in Minka Fitzpatrick, traded away the first-round pick to Miami in 2019, but I don't think they'll ever go to that length, ever. Brian Haynes asked two more. He says, would you rather focus free agency on offense and draft all defense or draft offense and free agency defense, hypothetically, if those are your only options? If those are my only options, I would say free agency on offense and draft all defense. I feel like the Steelers have a better track record at drafting defenders outside of cornerback uh, than the other way around. His next question, you get to see every Steelers game for the rest of your life, but you have to listen to Chris Collinsworth commenting as he's sitting next to you every single game. Are you doing it? Hashtag ride or die crew. Well, first, Brian, yes, I'm doing it. Secondly, if Collinsworth is in the room with me, then I'm, I would have, unless you, you did not stipulate that I can't smack him in the head and tell him to just shut up already, um, which I would do. But honestly, I've said this before. I don't like Collinsworth, but he's not my least favorite color commentator. So I would take Collinsworth over other people, believe it or not. So keep that in the back of your mind. Alexander Dinesa's offensive line or quarterback in the first round pick. If I'm picking, if I have that choice, I'm taking the offensive lineman. I want them to build up the offensive line. I want Najee Harris to have a, a capable unit in front of him. I want whatever quarterback they have and will have to have a capable unit in front of them. And it starts up front. So that's my answer. Drew Cagle says, how short of a leash is Presley Harvin on to start next year? Drew, that's a great question. We have not talked about Presley Harvin and you might be saying, well, Jeff, what's wrong with Jeff? He's calling him Presley Harvin. Big press is on hiatus. Big press has to earn that nickname back. 
He has not earned it back yet. He had a weasel boy-like finish to the season, and honestly, I understand that he went through one of the most traumatic probably few weeks, months of his life when his dad passed away and his grandmother passed away shortly after, and I am not here to tell you that that doesn't matter. It does, but I am also going to say that that results matter, and he finished the season on a high note, had a great performance in that playoff game in Kansas City. I don't think he's on a short leash. I think the Steelers are going to come into this year saying, okay, you've got a year under your belt, a year of holding under your belt, as well as a year of punting. Let's just see some more consistency. I think they're going to have a pretty long leash for him. Keep that in mind. All right, next question from Matt B. If the plan would, in theory, be to draft a quarterback and have him sit a year, why even bother to draft one? If next year's class is so much stronger, why not just wait till next year and get a day one starter ready guy? Now, I have not looked ahead to the 2023 draft class, and so I don't know enough to be able to say, oh yeah, there's this these three guys that are going to be in the draft next year, quarterbacks that you can plug them in day one and they won't miss a beat. Those type of players are rare. They are rare. So I understand your theory of if you need a guy that's going to sit, why even waste a pick, draft another position, get your guy next year. However, if you think that the guy this year is that franchise guy, I'm talking about the guy that's going to be your quarterback for the next decade plus, even if he has to wait a year, you take him. Look at Patrick Mahomes. People forget Patrick Mahomes sat in year one. He sat and watched, and he didn't play until sparingly at the end of the season in games that didn't matter. That's what happened with Mahomes, and now he is, well, he's Patrick Mahomes. So it doesn't always work the way we, I think a lot of people forget that about Patrick Mahomes. But great question, Matt. Mark asked, Jeff, given that Mike Tomlin calls all or most of the defense, how would you rate his play calling abilities uh, in uh, retrospect of looking at the talent on the team? He's had good players on the squad and some not-so-good squads. Also, where does the money from the tip jar go? Okay, so Mark, good questions. Let's start first and foremost with the Mike Tomlin stuff. So Mike Tomlin... He, I, I want to make something very clear, and this is just my own thought on this. I've thought a lot about this because I get asked about it almost weekly. Everyone wants to make a big deal about Mike Tomlin and the defense of calling the plays. Mike Tomlin has openly said multiple occasions that he has his fingerprints on every aspect of this team. And that means that there are times probably on offense where he will call the play. He wants a certain play called. And so he will over, you know, he, he's going to call rank. He's going to supersede the offensive coordinator and say, I want this call right now. You put in the call. And I'm sure he does that on the defense, but I don't think he does it all the time. So keep that in mind. Like, I want to make sure we're all clear on that. But in terms of him calling the plays, I, I don't I don't put all the onus on that. And this is goes back to the coach versus player debate, what's more important. And I've always said, maybe it's because I was a coach, but I was also a player. Players have to go execute. They have to go execute. Now, he's asking about the tip jar. Mark is obviously someone that's checked us out on YouTube. If you follow us on YouTube, all you have to do is search BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe, follow us there. You, it's, it's great to have a live chat. The live chat's a great community uh, for our, our evening shows, which is about 9 p.m. Eastern time. And the, the tip jar money, uh, well, 
Google slash YouTube takes their cut, which is nice. Uh, but the rest of the money, it goes to things like we've bought in these microphones uh, for a lot. Almost all of our podcasters have uh, the same microphone, so we want good sound quality. Uh, we've also purchased, uh, well, Brian Anthony Davis has had two microphones because he broke one. Uh, and then, uh, for instance, our Pro Football Focus, uh, we get the, we pay for Pro Football Focus. That money goes towards that. Uh, we go and pay for the StreamYard service, which helps us to live stream all of our shows and then take those and get the audio. And so th- that's where a lot of that money goes. Um, sometimes uh, th- that's that's kind of, we don't get a ton of money, to be honest with you. But if you do give us a tip, that's where it's going. I know there's a couple of our podcasters out there that need new microphones. So all that tip money is going to get saved up and that's where it's going to go. But great question because a lot of people don't know that. All right. Final question here from Haskins QB. It says, hey, Jeff, let's say you're the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it already. And the GM from the 49ers calls you up and says, quote, hey, Jeff, how are you doing? How's the family? Blah, blah, blah. Y'all, you're, you're talking. Then the GM of the 49ers says, Jeff, I got Jimmy G for you. Make me an offer. What does Jeff, the GM, say? Well, I'm going to say that I just read a report that Jimmy G needs shoulder surgery this offseason. So whatever you're thinking, you might as well take that down a notch because I'm not paying for a banged-up quarterback. I'm not giving away good draft capital for a banged-up quarterback. But even if Jimmy G was healthy, I'm going to say, yeah, buddy, uh, 49ers GM, thanks, but no thanks. We're good. We're good. If we need a quarterback that is iffy at best and maybe can go on a run – Sometimes has a knack to turn the ball over at the wrong time. Guess what? I already have that guy. I've got that guy for $4 million, and his name is Mason Rudolph. I'm not interested. Thanks, but no thanks is exactly what I would say. So I know that the GM of the 49ers might not like that, but still, that's what I'm going to say. All right, folks, my ride or die crew, great questions. Some really good questions. I love how sometimes people throw in those personal questions. I don't mind that at all. If you want to be a part of the mailbag just every Tuesday – Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And then I'll put out the tweet. I used a Billy Madison gift today. And all you have to do is tweet on that, uh, tweet below that, and I will answer every single one of them. You ask the questions, I will answer them no matter what. In the meantime, I'll be back on Friday. We'll have a guest. I'm probably thinking it's Michael Beck. Maybe it's someone else. We'll see. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Ghost Steelers, we'll see you on Friday.